turning your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 11. We're going to continue our topic on prayer. We started last week, and if you missed that, you can catch it online at our podcast. And if you've ever gone out of town for a service, um, we do have a live feed that you can catch online. Um, we had some complications with it last week, it being our first time in the school, but it is back up and running. And so if you ever want to catch us live, unable to be here for the service, you can do that at our live feed. Luke chapter 11, going to read this to you, verses 1 through 10, and then we're going to go to Psalm 116. Um, if you have the New Living Translation, I'm going to read that scripture from there. It'll also be on the screens. Luke 11, starting in verse 1. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. In other words, the disciples saw Jesus praying, thought it was powerful, and said, you know what? We want to know how to pray. And uh, wow, let's pray for that child right there in Jesus' name. And they thought, you know, we want to, we want to know how to pray. And, uh, and so they asked Jesus, hey, could you teach us? That was a powerful, intimate moment, and we want to know how to pray. So Jesus said this, when you pray, say. Or when you pray, come on, it's not just enough to sit there with a blank mind and meditate. There needs to be some words exchanged, okay? Now, those words can, yes, be exchanged in your mind, okay? But this is a conversation taking place between you and an almighty God. And he said, when you pray, say this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Now I'm reading from the ESV. Yours might read a little bit differently. And lead us not into temptation. Verse 5. And he said to them, which of you has a friend? Will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence or his persistence, or I like to say his nagging, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. And we discovered last week that this is a continual asking, a continual seeking, and a continual knocking. And it will be open to you. Verse 10, for everyone who see, asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now, right before I go to Psalm 116, I love what Jesus says here. Jesus did not just give us words to recite. He gave us a model or a framework for prayer to fall within. Are you with me? Okay? So Jesus did not intend, I want you to repeat these exact words. They are a magic potion. And if you just do that over and over again, everything's going to be okay. Jesus here was giving a framework for which prayer ought to work through. But then I love when it gets to verses 5 through 10, because then it goes on to say what kind of persistence or passion we're to have when we're praying. The Bible says in James that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man slash woman avails much, okay? Now, here's how that works, though. In verses 5 through 10, sometimes you've got to nag God. Well, I've never heard that taught in church before, Pastor. You know, if you actually study this passage out, the, 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 the word picture that is giving, it's one of begging God. Okay? You ever had someone beg you for something? Now, now I used the, the, the example of children last week. When they want something, 
My child was that way yesterday. We were at Mission Beach, and they were troopers. They walked the beach for two hours with us, handing out stuff, staring at all the rides at Belmont Park, you know, the rides. And they're like, Daddy, can we get Daddy? Can we Daddy? And I was a good dad. I said, I'll tell you what, if you behave, if you do really good for the next two hours and you don't nag me, okay, I will take you there afterwards, okay? Come on, you got to use it to your advantage. Come on, parents. Take notes right now, okay? And so I did that, and sure enough, they were troopers, and so afterwards we took them there. But have you ever had somebody beg, and it's just there, and it's continual, and it's like, okay, fine. I'm not giving it to you because you're my friend. I'm giving it because I'm annoyed, okay? This is what the Bible is actually saying, not because they're friends, but because of your continual asking. In other words, Jesus is saying this, keep asking of God. Keep going to God. It's not a one-time event. It's not a one-time thing. Come on. It's a daily thing. It's an hourly thing. And for some of you, come on, it's every second of your day. Okay? But continue to go to Jesus. Now, go with me to Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2. Um, actually, I'm going to read it. I have it written down here in the, uh, in the New Living Translation because I like the way it reads. And I think it's on the screen. It says this, Psalm 116, 1 and 2. I love the Lord because he hears my voice. La. Come on, you got a beautiful voice to the ears of God. And my prayer for mercy. Listen to this. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Isn't that awesome? I love the New Living Translation. I will pray as long as I have breath breath. When you pray, say these things. As I was studying this week, just a minute, I'm going to pray and we're going to get right into it. But as I was studying this week, I was looking at this verse and I was meditating on Luke 11. Then I was thinking about Psalm 116, about how God literally bends low to hear our prayers. Why? Because he likes our voice. He thinks you got a great voice. He wants to hear what you have to say. He is longing for you to communicate with him, to talk with him to the degree, the minute he hears your voice, he like comes down. Yeah, talk to me. Are you with me? This is what the Bible's saying, okay? I love that. And so I started thinking about this. I started thinking about how uncomplicated prayer really is. But yet, we complicate it. Prayer is so simple that he lays it out for us in literally four verses. When you pray, say these things. Here's the framework. Here's how it works. Prayer is really simple. It's just you having a conversation with God, okay? Now, here's the problem. Some of you know what it's like to talk to your spouse. Well, honey, are you hearing me right now? Because you're not looking at me. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm the visual person. When I'm talking with my wife, I need her to look at me. I need to see. I need to have eye-to-eye contact. Okay, when she's doing this talking to me, that don't work. Okay? That just doesn't work for me. Okay? Unless you're taking notes. Okay? Go ahead. Pull out your notepad on your phone. Take notes about what I'm saying to you right now, okay? Then that works for me, okay? But you all know, you know, you've, you've, you've heard so many jokes, and you've probably heard pastors preach about it, you know, that sometimes the communication between man and woman, you know, and it's a little different, you know, and the nonverbals and all that. Here's the thing. With God, it is so simple. All you have to do is begin to open up your mouth and begin to talk, and he literally bends low. Come on, somebody, to hear your prayer. And if that wasn't easy enough, he even gave us a formula and how we should talk to him. Come on, how many wives out there wish you could do that with your husband? No one's raised their hand, but I can, I, yeah, see, I saw somebody over there like, yeah, okay. You know, like here's, maybe here, when you want to talk about something, here's how you should do it. First of all, start with a back massage, okay, and then rub my feet, okay, then cook me a nice dinner, then buy me a gift, and then I'm ready to talk. Come on, somebody. I just described somebody out there, didn't I? Yeah. Okay? 
Jesus says, hey, guys, when you are about ready to come, here's the way to do it. And if you do it like this, you're going to be successful every time. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments we have together that, God, you would just bring clarity to the subject of prayer. And, Lord, really it's my heart and my desire that each and every one of us, God, would walk away, maybe not fully know how to pray still, but, God, we would walk away with a full-on desire to connect with you in conversation and in prayer. God, it's, it's my, my heart's desire that by the end of this series, in the next several weeks, before we go into the next one, that we would have a, a greater praying church, a church that knows how to, how, to, how to talk to you, a church that knows how to bring things to you and not stop bringing them until we get the answers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That really is my, my desire. Um, is that when, by the time we finish this series that maybe before we started, maybe you had a prayer time, but it wasn't really that, that often, or, or maybe it wasn't really that intimate and deep, that by the time we finish this series that you would walk away with a greater understanding of prayer, but more than that, a great, greater desire to pray and connect with God and begin to get his ear to bend low. That's, that's really my heart's desire, because we discovered last week that everything God does on earth, everything God does in your life, he does through invitation, Okay? He, he does when you open up your mouth and you begin to ask. You have not because you ask not. When you ask, oftentimes we ask the wrong thing, okay? But we ought to understand this, that if we want God to work in our life, we've got to invite God to work in our life. If we want God to work in our city, we've got to invite God to work in our city. And that happens through prayer. Prayer, I gave some definitions last week, but the dictionary definition of prayer is this, a spiritual communion with God or an object of worship, as in supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, or confession. Okay? It's the dictionary. My simple definition of prayer that we're going to work with for the next several weeks is having a conversation with God. Let's not make something complicated that is not. Prayer is just simply you pulling up a chair, if that's what you need to do, sitting down on that chair, putting another one across from you, and inviting God to sit down and just begin to talk with him. Now, pastor, did you just honestly, really? Yeah, it's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. I, I hate to break it to you, okay? You don't need to go through the holy water, okay? You don't need to take a shower. You don't need to put on special garments. Come on, somebody. All you need to do, well, okay, all you need to do is open up your mouth and begin to talk with him, and he begins to bend low, and he begins to hear your prayer. It's, it's really that simple. Matter of fact, I did that. I was having a, 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 you ever had one of those seasons where you're having a hard time uh, interacting with somebody, having a hard time conversing with somebody, and it's just difficult? Like right now, she, you know, she's really trying to say something to you, but you don't understand it, do you? You want me to interpret it for you? Give me more juice right now. I can interpret. It's one of the gifts that God has given me. And so, it's, um, where were we? And you have a hard time relating with somebody, and you just got to sit down and have one of those face-to-face conversations. I've had those moments in my prayer times with God where I just wasn't connecting. I just wasn't feeling it. And so I literally, I, I, I sat in a chair, and I put another one across from me, and I just said, you know what? This is what I need to do. God, I know you don't need it. Come on, it wasn't for God. It was for me, okay? And I just said, God, could you please, you know? And if I had to, I'd put my Scooby-Doo over there, you know? And I'd just be like, true story, Okay. I have a little Scooby-Doo. I used to sleep in those little, all right? No, God does not look like Scooby-Doo. I know someone's out there like, oh, man, his theology's way off. You know, whatever, okay? Get over it, all right? Okay? And I just, I just begin to talk, you know? And then I just needed to hear from God. And if that's what you have to do, then you, you do that. But, man, all you need to do is open up. Have 
a conversation with God. Prayer is us cooperating and working together with God in the spiritual realm so we can get things done in the natural realm. Prayer is us cooperating and working with God in the spiritual realm so we can get things done in the natural realm. And I'm telling you what, you can never go wrong with taking a few moments out of your day and connecting with God in the spiritual realm and watch that natural realm. Come on, begin to cruise, begin to more more easy. If you're a business owner here, I'm telling you one of the greatest things you can do in your business is to get your people to pray. True story. You get your people to pray, but I'm telling you, watch business. Greatest thing you can do if you're a parent here and you want your children to obey, Look, discipline is essential. It's good. But I'm telling you, if you begin to pray together as a family, you'd see some things begin to smooth out in your house. If you're here and you're married today and you're struggling with your marriage, we, we gave this statistic last week according to doing life, uh, doing life right or doing family right. Doing family right. Um, this organization uh, tweeted this, this statistic that a mere 1% of couples that pray together will ever experience divorce. Wow, think about that. Okay? But yet... 92% of couples never pray together. Mm. Well, there's a cure for divorce right there. Pray. Okay? If you're, if you're engaged, start praying together now. Build some good habits into that relationship. Last week, we looked at the first sentence right here, and we began to look at, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And uh, what this was, this is a prayer of adoration. We're exalting. We're magnifying God. In other words, what we're doing is we're getting things in the right perspective. I'm the child. He's the father. Oh, that's right. He's not just the father. He's my heavenly father. Okay, and we were getting things in the right perspective. You can check that out online. And the cool thing is this is the very first thing Jesus says to pray. What is he saying? He says, when you pray, get the right perspective. You're the son. You're the daughter. He's the father. And now, okay, what, let's go on to the next one. This is what we're going to look at today, okay? Verse 3, give us each day our daily bread. Others might say, give us day by day our daily bread. This is no longer a prayer of adoration. This is a prayer of petition, okay? This is a prayer of petition. So the prayer now begins to change. We were adoring God. Now we're changing it to a petition. What is a petition? A petition uh, from God is simply when we make a request of God, okay? When you make a request of God, this is a petition. Now, this is probably the most common type of prayer we know. <laughs> God, help! You look at your finances, God, help! You know, okay? You realize you're still single, God, help! I'm 21 and I'm still single, get over it, okay? All right? You know? And you know, you know how to pray those prayers, right? God, just bring me a hot girl, you know? Someone I can marry. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, personality's good too, God, please, you know? And maybe if she can cook, Lord. I mean, God, help, you know? A masseuse would be nice too, okay? Okay? We know how to bring requests to God, okay? Honestly, to a lot of Christians, God is like Santa Claus at Christmas, yeah, I pray all the time. A friend told me this one time. I was talking with him, and he was going through a hard time. And I said, well, hey, do you ever pray? He goes, oh, I pray all the time. I was like, oh, good. I said, what do you pray for? He goes, I want to need some money, you know, or my car breaks down, or when my girlfriend, you know. And I was just like, dude, <laughs> okay? But this would be the most common type of prayer we know is a prayer of petition. We're, we're really good at asking things from God, all right? He's, he's, some of you are like, yeah, I know, but I don't seem to get it. Well, we'll talk about that as well, okay? <laughs> You're asking amiss, all right? 
Okay, maybe you're not ready for that hot masseuse to come your way. <laughs> anyway, back to the Bible. Okay. Okay. This would be the most common type of prayer uh, we know as a prayer petition. But now check this out. Here's what we need to understand. We don't need to feel bad when we ask of things from God. How do we know that? Because he says right here, when you pray, yes, prayer of adoration, give God glory, praise him, get the right perspective. But then look at what it says. Give us each day our daily bread. Give us day by day by day, I pray. (laughs) You have to see the movie. Give us each day our daily bread. In other words, Jesus is saying this. When you go to the Father, the God of the universe, the creator of everything, go ahead and ask for what you need. Do not feel bad in asking from God. See, the thing is, some people, they don't ask because they don't know how. Some people don't ask because they don't know the power of prayer. Some people don't ask because they feel unworthy or they feel bad about asking. Okay? We feel unworthy. When we go, we know how bad we messed up that week. Okay, let me just... When I go, I know how bad I messed up that week. Let me just personalize it to me. I don't want to talk about you all the time. Let's talk about the bad pastor, okay? And so sometimes I go into prayer, and I'm looking back at my week, and I'm like... God, I'm just happy if you don't kill me today. You just, just let me keep breathing in 24, 24 hours. I'll be happy, all right? So, amen. Am I the only one? Come on. I feel like I'm just talking to like, oh, what's he talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. You prayed that before too, right? You know? I'm just happy to be alive, right? I'm just happy. Man, I got a family, and oh, I drove here. I didn't have to walk here. Wow, you know, I don't, I don't need anything. No, the Bible is saying ask of God, Okay? In other words, ladies and gentlemen, it's good that you don't feel worthy because you're not. I'm not. But what qualifies me to ask from God is that he said, when you pray, say, yo, God, I'm in need today. Are you with me? Okay? That's what qualifies it. I, you know, because some of us will go in, we'll feel unworthy, and so we'll feel like we have to do all these things just to get to the point of, you know what, maybe I should read the Bible for 37 days straight without stopping and out eating and out drinking. I'm just going to read just so I can feel better and more worthy. You know, and you make it about 37 seconds. Come on, somebody. And you fell asleep because you're reading Leviticus, you know? Hey. You've read it too, huh? See, you know, oh, he knows. Wow. Yeah, okay. You can't do anything to feel worthy. Jesus did it all. Jesus, the Son of God that died on the cross for our sins, paved the way for all our debt. Man, we're forgiven, washed by the blood of the Lamb. That Jesus said, when you pray, go ahead and approach the God of the universe and begin to ask him for what you need. Come on, that ought to get somebody excited this morning. Okay? And you begin to ask. And that is okay. This is a prayer of petition. Now, as I look at this, I see two things being built inside of us as Christ followers. The first thing I see is dependence. Okay? And the second thing I see is confidence. In this one short verse, chapter 11, verse 3, give us each day our daily bread. I see dependence and I see confidence. Why do I see dependence? Because it says this, give us each day our daily bread. Now this is in direct thought back to the Old Testament, back to Exodus, when the children of Israel 
left Egypt, and they were out in the wilderness, and they had no food, they had nothing, and so what did God do? God said, I'm going to be Jehovah Jireh, your provider, okay? And he provided something called manna, otherwise known as bread from heaven. That's what it is, manna, bread from heaven, okay? And every day when that bread fell, I mean, think about that. Come on. How many bakers would like that to happen, right? Just, you know? Manna just falls, boom. The Bible says you're to go out, you're to get what you need for the day, and only for the day, and that will sustain you for that day. Do not take more. If you take more than what you, than what you need for the day, when you wake up the next day, it'll be rotten, it'll have maggots in it, okay? That sounds disgusting. You don't want that, right? Okay? And so they would go out, get what they needed for the day, cook it, boil it, whatever they did with it. Come on, manna pizza. Come on, somebody. What's on your manna pizza? Manna. Yeah. What's inside your manna bun? Manna, you know? They just had manna for everything. I don't know if they made it into different shapes and had fun with it, but they had manna every day, okay? And they had it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? And they would eat that. And then the next morning, guess what? They would get up, and they would go out, and they would get their daily bread again, okay? When Jesus says here, when you pray, say, give us each day our daily bread, it's in direct thought to that. What did that do for the children of Israel? Well, I'm sure the first couple of times they probably tried to save more, okay? And they learned very quickly that it was disgusting. So what did it do? It taught them dependence on God. It taught them to trust God. See, some of us don't trust God. So when we pray, we say, God, I'm probably going to blow it a lot this year. And so right now, if you could just provide everything I need for the next 365 days. Come on, somebody. We don't know if we believe that God's big enough to provide tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Okay? But he's saying here, look, just like it was for the children coming out of Egypt in the wilderness, it's going to be for you. Come to me daily. Ask of me daily. Don't worry. Matter of fact, Matthew says this. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough cares of its own. That is such an encouraging verse, isn't it? Hey, guys, don't, uh, don't go there. Don't, don't start thinking about the barbecue tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Okay? Don't go there. Why? Because tomorrow, man, it's got a lot of worries of its own. <laughs> it's not one of those faith-building scriptures, but it is one that teaches us to build a confidence and a trust in God for today. Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay? So this is what's happening. It's building dependence. Okay? Don't worry about tomorrow, Matthew 6, 34. Think about today. Jesus is saying this. Now listen, Jesus is saying, come to God daily, realize you are dependent upon him, and by the way, do it with persistence. Daily go to God. Hmm. Daily go to God and ask of him. James 4, 2. Okay? Ask, and you will have. You have not because you ask not. Now here's the thing. Some people look at Christians sometimes and think, you know what? Jesus is just a crutch to you. Yes, he is. I'll admit it. Absolutely. I am daily dependent upon Jesus. I have no problem admitting that. I have no problem confessing that. But I'd rather hop through life on that crutch than on my own two legs any day. Are you with me? Jesus is absolutely my crutch. And you know what? It's working out for me. Let me know how yours goes, okay? (laughs) He is. Daily, I am dependent on him. And Jesus is saying in this verse, it's okay to daily be dependent upon him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not. What's that? That's a crutch. Lean not unto your own understanding. Why? Because you don't understand a whole lot. (laughs) But in all your ways, acknowledge him. Oh, there's my crutch. And he will direct 
your paths. Teaches dependence. What else does this verse do? We're going to close right now. It builds confidence. It builds confidence. Think about it. Not just dependence, but Jesus is saying, hey, you, yeah, all of you screw-ups. I'm one too. Somebody's like, I'm never coming back to this church. Call me a screw-up. Okay. He's saying, hey, all of you, humans, earthlings, <laughs> go to the omniscient, the, the omnipotent. Those are big words, huh? Look them up in the dictionary, okay? Go to the God of the universe and ask, well, I can do that? Yeah, he's telling you to do it. What does it do? It builds confidence in us. Too many of us are praying weak prayers, ladies and gentlemen. See, a lot of times we think of James 4. When you ask, you know, you have not because you ask them. When you ask, you ask amiss. We think, oh, it's because you're asking for the wrong thing. No, a lot of times it's because you're asking in the wrong way. Well, it's because you're asking in the wrong way. You're like, God, if you get around to it, I mean, I know there's a lot of starving children all over the world. And there's a lot of people less fortunate than I. And I'm really not doing that bad. But, God, if you have time today and somehow you hear me, could you possibly please maybe? Do this little itty-bitty thing for me. It's quiet here today. You're like, how did he know what I prayed this morning? God told me. Okay. Weak prayers. But what this verse is saying is say, no, go to him and ask for what you need. Just look at the first part. Yo, God, give us. That's confidence. God, give us today. That's not weak prayer. That's, that's, that's pretty bold, powerful prayers being prayed. When we approach God, we should approach God in confidence. Mm. Give me. Give me. It's like this. When you go to somebody else's house, okay, maybe you, the very first time you've ever been there, and you come in, and you're really thirsty, but they don't offer you anything to drink. Don't you hate that, by the way? Don't ever be that person. Imagine you say, hey, can I get you something to drink? You know? But you're sitting there, and you're just waiting. Oh, my God, please. So thirsty. But you don't feel confident enough because you don't know them that well to say, hey, yo, give me a drink. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. But when you go into your best friend's house, you don't say nothing. You just go grab the glass, start filling it up yourself. It could be the last Coke in the fridge. And you're like, oh, was this yours? Sorry. You know? You don't care. Why? There's boldness. There's confidence. Why? Because you understand the relationship. God is saying, look, understand the relationship. I'm the dad. You're the son. And I'm a good dad. And I want to give you what you need. So just go to the fridge and begin to ransack it and take what you need today. Wow, that was good. No, you, you, you have a relationship. Take the last Coke. He can, he, can, he can take water and turn it into wine. He can take, you know, come on, water and turn it into soda. Come on, somebody. Okay? Go with confidence. He's your daddy. And he wants to give you what you need today. When you pray, it's okay to ask. But when you ask, ask being dependent on him. But ask with confidence. Listen to this. This is, what, this, is what, this is what Jesus is saying. Here's the conclusion. God wants you to boldly remain dependent on him daily 
for everything you need. Let me read you this verse in the Amplified. We're going to close right here. Hebrews 4.16. This is good. It says this. Hebrews 4.16 in the Amplified. It says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw to the throne of mercy and grace. I want to encourage you today. I don't know what your prayer life was like before you walked into here, but I want to encourage you today. Let your prayer life be more bold when you leave this place today. God is waiting, Psalm 116, to hear your voice. He's getting ready and he's getting down on his knees to bend low, to hear you begin to have a conversation with him, the God of the universe. And when he does, just say, God, here is what I need today. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, I pray for everyone that's in need here today. God, I pray for everyone that might be in need financially. Lord, that today, Lord, they would ask boldly. God, I pray for those that are here today and they're in need relationally. Lord, I pray that today, God, they would ask boldly. God, there are some here this morning that walked into this place and and their, their relationship with you has been severed. They don't feel a connection anymore. God, I pray that they would come and they would ask, God, would you come back into my life again? Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you forgive me of trying to do it my own? My own way has, my crutch hasn't worked. I need to get Jesus back. Yeah. 